Hello. My name is Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information about this and other projects, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. That's www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found at Thoughtjar Productions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to this program on iTunes and on Spotify, and please tell your friends about this show. And now, for this week's episode... Welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. My name is Stephen. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. This week is your week, uh, listeners. It's the Audience Choice film. It's our first one that we've done, and we have decided... And sorry, when I say we, I obviously mean you... ...have decided that we are going to watch Fight Club. Yes, that's right. Fight Club was selected, and that is the film we'll be doing. Helping me review that film are two people who are new to the podcast. Uh, starting with our person who has seen the film, it's Rihanna Hall. Rihanna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. And uh, just let the folks at home know a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Um, I Well, I'm 26 this year. Ooh. I um, studied theatre and drama, but I'm a beauty therapist, so I like to think I'm quite versatile. Mm. You are also an improviser? No, I um, did a little bit at Fringe. Uh, there was an improv D&D that I played, um, which was a lot of fun, and I do like to play D&D just on the side as well, so it was nice to have a bit of both worlds mixing in there, a bit of theatre, a bit of uh, games. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Excellent. And yeah. also joining us on the podcast is our person who hasn't seen the film. It's Mr. Aaron van der Klee. Aaron, welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, Aaron, just tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I am uh, 24 years old. I uh, am a freelance filmmaker, uh, currently doing some cooking videos with, uh, sorry, cooking vlogs with uh, Jordan Bruno, who was from uh, On My Kitchen Rules uh, last year. So that's been a lot of fun to do some cool videos with him. Um, but yes, that is that is what I'm currently up to. Do you have a particular channel you'd like to direct people towards whilst I have a microphone? Oh, yes. Um, if you please go follow me on uh, facebook.com slash AV filmmaker, um, because that's where I put all my film content that I produce. And also, I just recently won an award for a short film that I, I did. So you should check that out. As well. Thank you for bringing that up. I was about to poke. Aaron is a very talented uh, actor and filmmaker. Oh, who works locally here in Perth. And uh, yes, his uh, Star Trek fan film, what was it called again? It's called Needs of the Many. Needs of the Many. Good title. Um, yes, that uh, that recently won a couple of awards over in a film festival in Arizona, I believe. Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. And we had no idea we were nominated as well. Mm. So I just got the email that said, you've won an award. In fact, you won two. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, to all our Georgian li listeners, I apologise for saying that it was Arizona. Georgia is clearly the superior state. And I only say that because Brian from Georgia is definitely listening Hello, Brian. So, Hi, uh, Brian. our film that we are looking at today is Fight Club, as chosen by you, the listeners. Now, Fight Club. Rihanna, you've seen Fight Club. I have, yes. Um... Uh, in a sort of non-spoilery kind of way. Uh, what What do you remember about Fight Club? Is it a positive memory? Um, I remember being very uh, uncomfortable throughout, and it made me not want to do drugs. Um, I can't remember if there is any drugs in the film, but I remember thinking at the time, 
I think this is what it feel what it's like to be tripping out on something. How mm. old were you when you saw it? Oh, I was in uni, so oh, okay. I was like nineteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I'm not very good with names or or you know anything. <laughs> well, allow so... me to throw some names mm. at you. The film stars, uh, of course, uh, Brad Pitt. Who's some that? Uh, he... No, I'm completely joking. I know who Brad Pitt he, is. <laughs> I think he was an extra on the Oceans films. Yeah, something uh, like that. But yeah, yeah, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are our two lead actors. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter starring in it as well, uh, and Meatloaf. Um, is Meatloaf in it? Yes, he's got quite a big role. Um, now, I, I should point out for those listening at home, uh, I also haven't seen Fight Club, so this is going to be oh, thank God. an education yes. for oh, me. God. Yes, this does happen occasionally. <laughs> we hit a film that I haven't seen yet. Um, and yes, when I was doing my notes for this, I was very surprised to learn that Meatloaf was in this film. Yeah. And also uh, Jared Leto has a has a role in the film as well. Mm. And well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, made in 1999, or released in 1999, and uh, David Fincher, of course, the director, David Fincher, famous for uh, films such as The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and The Social Network more recently, but has also worked on films like Seven and uh, Gone Girl and Zodiac and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So he's got a pretty... Just all the good movies, Yeah, he's really. got he's got yeah. a really great um, CV, as it is. Uh, but Fight Club seems to be, from his list of films, the one that, that sort of entered the, the cultural... Uh, zeitgeist I, I suppose the the most you know the the one thing that i think we all know about fight club in this room is that we don't talk about fight club mm. um which is going to make this podcast quite difficult we well, so. might as well stop now then mm. do we I... do like a charades kind of thing is that what happens from here on yeah i think i think basically if no one tells the fight clubs mm. that, that we're doing this then right. i think we'll be okay what if i'm part of a fight club what, what you're not allowed then? to tell us that. Yeah, okay. it's you're, complete just, yeah. okay. you're out now. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, no. Um, just, you know. Uh... Uh, Aaron, as uh, someone who hasn't seen the film, um, wh- what's your sort of knowledge of this film and your expectations, I suppose? Well, um, the thing that I do know about this film is that when it was um, premiered at Cannes Film Festival, it was very controversial. And it only sort of entered the sort of mainstream like film appreciation recently um, when it came out on like home video and through word of mouth um, it became popular and so yeah from a film that was quite controversial to one that is apparently one of the greatest films of like the 20th century like that's pretty cool. Mm. So yeah, it, something in it, and it is it is quite high up on a lot of the things, uh, it, the the polls such as I believe Empire Magazine. It's it's in the top 100. Uh, it was in the top 100 of imdb yep. for, for a while at least i think i think it may have fallen out now but uh, certainly it's seen as a seminal film so shall we watch it absolutely yeah let's do it excellent all right for those of you at home uh get your dvds or what streaming services i guess or whatever it is that you're watching fight club on we've got a dvd uh, unwrapped so uh, I, I believe aaron you would like to uh, oh yes you would yes. like to hear it being yes opened? i would love to hear it being opened okay so ladies and gentlemen a live opening of a dvd <laughs> This is the high octane audio you all came here for. This is history in the making. Oh god. Does anyone have a knife? That uh, I've, got a key, I've got a keys. Key would be good. Oh wait, hold on. Nope. You I've, got it? I've made a little hole. He's, got, he's got his nails in there. Here we go. Oh, that's the sweet stuff. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, as we get this, <laughs> as we get this in the DVD player, uh, get yours in too, and uh, join us as soon as you've seen the film as we review Fight Club. Everybody, welcome back. We have just finished yeah. watching uh, Fight Club. Uh, I'm joined again by Rihanna Hall. Hello. And Aaron Van Der Klee. Hello. And uh, we, yeah, we just finished watching Fight Club. Guys, any initial thoughts? <laughs> it was it was a lot different 
than what I was expecting to be. Like a like vastly different and vastly better than what I was expecting as well. So you enjoyed it? Yes, actually, I did. I did. Sounds good, Rihanna. Have you yeah. obviously seen it before? There was a lot that I had forgotten, which I mean, I sort of addressed at the start, which is probably going to happen. Um, but yeah, it was. I'm still kind of absorbing it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone else? Does anyone else feel like they might be Tyler Durden and they're, they're just not sure? Like It could happen. It <laughs> yeah, could maybe. be happening right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting thing. So, um, yeah, so obviously I'm, we're presuming that you've at least watched the film uh, either just now or before. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, very big spoiler alert. So, um, Edward Norton, uh, not having a great day no, as the narrator. Life. Yeah, in general. Um, and invents a, a personality through which he can act out these these fantasies of power and grandeur and that that is Tyler Durden as played by Brad Pitt and it's really interesting how the film frames it for about two-thirds of it essentially uh showing these these two characters as being separate beings and then I almost felt the way they revealed it was very incidental just Mm. he's in the bar there's the guy with the big neck brace on who's like oh hello sir (laughs) that kind of thing and he he just it's almost as though he just tunes in at the 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 wrong moment as um Mm. as the narrator to find out oh oh no you're you're tyler durden so he just kind of accepts it as well like there's no kind of no Mm. surely not it's just oh oh i am i'm gonna have all these flashbacks now that's actually me who did Mm. that there was no sort of like realization it just kind of yeah it's it's really odd i mean i mean obviously it's we're dealing with a character who's very clearly got um, an unstable mind mm. and they're telling us the story, which means how much can we actually yeah. trust? It's it's very interesting in that sense. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very odd, but I mean, he, he does have some resistance against it, but at the same time, mm. it, it makes sense to him because he's experienced everything just yeah. just as this this alter ego. And yeah, it's it's kind of remarkable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we, we, we took notes as we went, and it's, it, it's a very hard film to take notes on. It is. On because um, I, I think we can all agree, or at least I, my, my, my feeling is that it's a really well-put-together film. Yeah, yeah, massively. And yeah. I think, like, I went into it thinking this is going to be some, like, macho, like, yeah. just stupid, like, guys film. Yeah. And it was completely... Like the, like, the words Fight Club wasn't even mentioned for a good, like, third of the film, I feel mm. like. Like, it wasn't even... Didn't even get to that stage. Mm. Um, and it was really psychological. Yeah. Like, mm. really psychological. And it's really interesting that, yeah, it, there was obviously this, this element of, uh, of, of masculinity and mm. violence, which, which you would expect with a film that's called Fight Club. Yeah. Um, and, and with one where it's a mostly male cast. Um, but it was it was interesting that violence was rarely depicted as being bad, like the 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 violence was sort of shown as being a release for yeah. everyone yeah, from absolutely. from the society they were trapped in. It, it was almost like, oh, you're having a bad day. I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. How much better do you feel right now? Well, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, let's the, test it, guys. <laughs> um, no, let's. Oh, well, okay, yeah, no not mind. near the microphones, anyway. I'm not uh, washing out blood or fat from these microphones. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was disgusting. <laughs> not want to make any soap. Yes. Uh, not yeah. That was really weird as well. That was a very left field. Like, I'm stressed at night. I'm going to make some and soap. I like how they just it cleared it up by saying you can't sleep, so you make soap. Yeah. That that was it. That was mm. just a be all end all. Yeah. No great. wonder you're so tired all the time. 
just <laughs> inhaling all this fat really yeah and <laughs> i i mean i i made a specific note uh in, in my notes about the fat scene which is very quickly followed by the chemical burn scene mm. uh and yeah. they're, they're they're two very very interesting scenes um i I don't know if either of you guys have seen the um tv series breaking bad yes yes when they were breaking into the um into the 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 waste hazard Mm. the hazardous waste uh bins to to get the bags of fat yeah that felt like the first season of breaking bad Mm. when they're first trying to get those chemicals and it's not quite going right yeah I, i did like that element of um Tyler and the narrator, who are both the same person, but kind of um, it going wrong and it not mm. and like getting the bag pierced on the um, yeah, the barbed wire and all the fat dripping out yeah. was um, <laughs> was kind of wonderful in its own yeah. awful sort of way. Yeah, and I guess like it started out so slick, like when he like throws the carpet over the barbed wire, mm. like Tyler throws it over, and then really yeah, as soon as the narrator does it, it's like mm. no fat yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. And quick, save the fat, quick. <laughs> Cup it in One your bar of soap, that could be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I imagine several bars based yeah. on how it's spilled. But yeah, yeah, it's it is really interesting. So uh, for those of you who are regular listeners to the series, you'll be aware that I do my IMDb trivia trawl uh, beforehand. So Good. I go Ready? for the trivia for uh, some fun facts, uh, trying to you know just add to the general education of the film. And um, yeah, it's it's. Interesting. There's a couple of interesting things just in terms of the way those um, those shots were put together. Um, just in terms of the knowledge that they used in this film, like the fact that you can uh, soap was made from fat, and specifically the um, all the home explosives information. They actually have to falsify some of that information because ah. originally in the script they used all actual things that you could use to make explosives. I was thinking that could be a bit dangerous for mm. anyone watching who might be a little partial to a bit of fire. Yes, yes. To the, to, <laughs> yes, to the, um, so I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, to the pyromaniac community. Uh, they, they did have to change a few of the key ingredients, but it, it did feel like um, a, a world that, despite its uh, surrealness, mm. uh, despite the fact that there was a talking penguin at one bit. Uh, mm. You know, we, we we essentially had a prequel to Happy Feet for about five <laughs> seconds. In that bit. Um, slide. Uh, slide. But it, but even in amongst that, you, you had this sort of real grounding in things that we... Yeah. Th- things that felt yeah. real. It did feel very real and very, like, mundane and just, mm. like, normal life. Hmm. So, uh, Aaron. Yes. That opening sequence uh, where we see, essentially, the brain stems... Uh, the kind of CGI brain things. You, you, that was something you commented on as we were watching it. You, you were really surprised by that. As the yeah, opening. I wasn't expecting that to be the opening sequence, or like there to be any. C- there was a lot of CGI in this film, like a mm-hmm. lot of special effects, like computer special effects that wouldn't. I wouldn't have expected at all. Yeah, I, I, I found the one where the um, you're in the the trash can in the office, and it kind of zooms out past yeah. like rubbish and apple cores. And then it's just a pile of trash, but they've done a big, reasonably expensive CGI yeah. <laughs> sequence. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I go ahead. I was gonna say even at the start, um, when like in the opening of the film where they're in the building, the skyscraper, and watching the skyline, and you like go through the streets and then down like into the basement where the like van is parked, like that. Even mm. that whole sequence yeah. is all like. CGI as well. It's just wasn't expecting it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it adds to the to the slightly surreal nature of the thing. I mean, I, I think it is quite clearly a maybe not quite absurdist piece, but it, it's mm. certainly um, 
plays around with reality, which is probably feeding into the fact that the narrator thinks that he's two people. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I thought it was interesting that the the sex scene with mm. um, with Marla was CGI. Yeah. Like the, the way the way they did that, in, instead of shooting that in a more traditional way, um, where you have just the, just the two actors and some carefully placed cushions. This this they went for kind of like <laughs> almost like a bullet time effect. Yeah, yeah, um, it was very surreal sex scene. And it's interesting because this would have been now about the same time as the Matrix. These are both yeah. late nineties, like nineteen ninety nine films. Um, it's just I, interesting choice. Yeah, I feel like they added so many different styles of like filming into it like they had the cgi they had when he was going through his ikea furniture they had all yeah. of the yeah yeah that uh, moving text yeah absolutely yeah, moving which, text. which was very um sherlock the tv yeah. series sherlock i feel like that may have just been even more to play the surrealism of well it was real but with he's not mm. in a way and maybe that was to kind of throw off the audience a little bit and just be like, hey, what's happening? We don't even know. Neither yeah. does he. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's a lot of playing with, um, with, with, with the nature of reality, in particular um, the, the fact that the Fight Club is formed to kind of get back to a sort of primal truth. Mm. Like, it, it's it, the fights are never designed to be like, it's about winning and losing. It's about taking part in the fight and feeling alive. Um, and you get a lot of these people that we see in their outside lives are working as part of just a just a, ca- a capitalist system that they're yeah, not yeah. very high up in and Absolutely. it's it's it is interesting mm. i think it, it's hard to pin a bad guy in this film like a specific like villainous yeah, yeah. uh character it might be capitalism <laughs> i think it might like just looking at it because yeah. you're looking at it like well i mean in in that scene where they um grab the guy that's the police the head of the police or whatever yes. in the bathroom and they say like we're the people that that keep you safe mm. and like you know take your garbage out and whatever mm. so yeah prob- probably maybe it's... yeah and it's, it, it is interesting i mean it, it very much fits into that late 90s uh, sort of grungy uh, yeah. fighting against system thing which again it this film reminded me a lot of the matrix but in mm. very different ways whereas the matrix was all about oh the world that's around you is made by robots that mm. use you as fuel they essentially said, no, 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 in Fight Club, it's like, no, society, it, it it's real, but it's fake at the same time. Mm. And it's all just to make you buy things you don't need. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit Repo Man as well. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's a good call. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's, I, I just really enjoyed it. I, the, the, just, just the more I think back on it, the more I think, I can see why this was such a, a, a cult hit, I, I guess, and why, why it is so yeah. high in the rankings. And I'm I'm just really glad I've seen it. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm glad I've re-seen it. Mm. Um. <laughs> so um, there are a couple of the uh, the performers in this one. Obviously, uh, Edward Norton was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think, and in just I, I don't think I've seen him do anything bad. Like his <laughs> he is a tremendous actor, um, and I, I thought his relationship with um brad pitt in this film mm. uh, i think that was the the key thing that the film hinged on um uh, what did you think of our, our two leads uh, performances rihanna yeah i think they were both really distinctly different to each other like obviously purposefully so we could see the difference and not think of them as the same and i think they did a really good job bouncing off each other in that way um it was almost like they were doing a bit of a dance as well the whole time so they would have had to work together a lot you know, trying to rehearse these scenes, you know, so they are all moving in the same way. Um, 
but yeah i just thought they were really just great performers and i couldn't actually imagine anyone else in those roles as well Mm. um so i think they were very well chosen and brad pitt always you know is eating Mm -hmm. in every film he does and he does that in this so he's on on top form does he really eat he does yeah. if you look at him in yeah. like the oceans 11 <laughs> that that series he's pretty much constantly he's, just, he's like it's just, same just as a nervous actor yeah, can't do yeah. Anything about with his hands. yeah. <laughs> sort of the same as uh robert downey jr in when he's particularly when he's tony stark um he's pretty much always eating in either ah. the iron man films or the avengers films it's a very obnoxious thing to do <laughs> and i think that plays on those characters though <laughs> yeah certainly yeah. um and we also had uh helena bonham carter in this film uh, now uh, since fight club uh she's probably become more famous for uh aside from being uh apparently every woman according to tim burton although she did a bit of that already um she's also been bellatrix lestrange in the harry potter series uh she was in um the king's speech and was very good in that oh yeah um where does this performance sort of rank for you aaron in terms of uh miss bonham carter's overall uh oeuvre um I don't know. I, to be perfectly honest, I haven't actually seen her in a lot of films other mm. than The King's Speech and a couple of Tim Burton films and mm. maybe Harry Potter. But yeah, no, I, I thought she was she was great in it. I thought all the performers were great in it. Mm. Um, I feel like sometimes she is typecast into a particular role. Like there's a certain oh, type definitely. of woman <laughs> that she plays, and I like I feel bad saying that, yeah. but I feel like that's true. I don't know. So I wasn't surprised by her performance. It was, she just, she gave a good performance. Hmm. I don't know. I feel bad. I mean, no, no, I, th- I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, yeah. c- certain performers are typecast as very particular roles. You know, if you if you need somebody to be uh, creepy and foreboding and uh, ominous, but a bit old, you, you went for Christopher Lee for about 30 mm. years. You know, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things that happens. Um, yeah, I, I really was interested though with, with the way she um her performance was opposite edward norton um particularly now that we know that he he had sort of introduced himself as tyler in a sense as though half the time or a lot of the time when she was with um the narrator character he was acting out as tyler so it's kind of interesting. Like, if you, I'm really curious about going back and rewatching it. Yeah. Partly just because, yeah. like, the scenes where, um, because obviously, um, Marla and Tyler have a lot of sex mm. in 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 the film. Very loudly. But quite often, when that's happening, um, the narrator character is elsewhere in the house. Mm. So at that point, is he imagining himself somewhere, or is he like recalling the previous uh, sexual encounters yeah. and annoying himself with them? Like it's. Yeah, it, yeah. It seems it. It just seems so strange that he doesn't. We never actually see them two having sex. We don't see mm. Edward Norton and um, Marla. Yeah, we just get the weird the CGI spinny round. Yeah, yeah. but bit. even then, we don't even get a face kind of thing. We just yeah. get Marla's face. Um, yeah, it's it's very strange because he's very apart from it, and mm. I, I think like watching back on it. Um, every time them two actually have an interaction, I'm sort of sitting there grinning because they never actually mention Tyler. They don't mm. say, uh, you know, like we just had sex because yeah. clearly she knows, mm. but he doesn't. And mm. it's so strange the whole time watching them having that interaction, mm. saying things without actually saying things. And, and it also makes sense why um, Marla's relationship with the narrator when he's the narrator mm. um, 
it makes sense that that's so rocky because she's quite harsh like he'll, he'll ask a question and she'll just flip her lid mm. but it makes sense because <laughs> you know they've literally just been having sex for the last like 12 hours mm. and then he's he's acting like, like it Tyler's didn't happen. Yeah, not here. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler's gone. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's yeah. It, yeah, it's interesting. I think we we can't uh pass on the performance of one Mr. Meatloaf as well. Which yes, yeah, which we was... sort of didn't know that was Meatloaf and mm. I feel like a horrible human being because mm. now I'm like, oh yeah, of course that's Meatloaf. Mm. We waited to the credits just to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I I he was just great. He he. Oh, I was, he was once was again spoiler, but I was so sad when he died. Mm. He was he was like the best character there. That yeah. was a pretty disgusting like death reveal as well. Like yeah. when they take off the thing and Harvey's head's like dripping oh. out. That's, mm. Yeah, yeah. And of course, for uh, fans of uh, Mr. Meatloaf's uh, film career, that's not the first time he's mm. on a table yeah. uh, being presented to a room of shocked onlookers with horrible drippy bits but i won't say what film it is <laughs> just in case okay he doesn't have a massive filmography though so you can probably you guess probably just quickly, Pe- people yeah. at home are, are nodding along yeah. um, if, if they're aware <laughs> um but yeah he he was really great i really liked setting it up where uh the narrator was finding his release by going to all these therapy sessions the people yeah, that had groups, like yeah. significant trauma i feel like that was like our number one little you know hey guys He's not all there in the head. Mm. He's he obviously doesn't yeah. have any empathy levels because he's going to all these groups where there's really terminally ill people, and he's like, "I'm just gonna cry about my own mundane life." Mm. <laughs> I feel like that's like our first kind of point of being. He, he's not quite mentally stable, yeah. and he's quite judgmental to Marla about Marla, like doing mm. the exact same thing. Mm. So, oh yeah, she's stepping on his on yeah his turf. on his turf. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is pretty messed up. Yeah. But I, I also just really, I really, I really enjoyed that because it, it sort of showed. At the same time, if you're viewing this film, uh, you know, as though you are the direct descendant of Karl Marx, I suppose. If you're looking at this as though capitalism is is the bad thing, which I, I think it's quite clear they're trying to set yes. it up. <laughs> um, what you see at the beginning of the film is this character interacting with people that society is basically left to die. All left in this ah, position yeah. you see all you, all the men who were going through the testicular cancer and they're obviously dealing with issues of being demasculated mm. um in some cases uh, or not being able to have children yeah or... like, especially the guy that says he can't have kids and he wanted you know one mm. one girl and two boys or something and yeah then it, the, you know his wife goes and finds someone else and has mm. the life yeah. that she wanted <laughs> mm. yeah and i think in that sense it makes sense that uh the narrator character would have this revelation in these sorts of groups of going mm. this isn't working what what we've got collectively as a people is is bad yeah and setting him off almost on this 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 quest to essentially um inspire christopher nolan to do the dark knight <laughs> because that was the other thing <laughs> with particularly when they they did the big smiley face bomb in the side that of the building. was cool yeah. i actually liked that <laughs> yeah it, it was cool but at the same time i was looking at it going okay i see what christopher where, where christopher nolan got some of those ideas yeah. from because it it, it 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 it's clearly a very influential film that you look at things yeah. um the fact that it reminds us of so many other things that have been released subsequently i think is indicative of the mm. impact that fight club has had mm. um just looking through the notes um did you I, I really like the use of the single frame images uh when they talked about the fact that um tyler didn't like to edit the single yeah. frames yeah. of uh, erect penises into family yes. films 
but earlier in the film there had been single frames yes. of Tyler himself. Yeah, right. I counted okay. two. Yeah, I, 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 I was noticed two. Yeah, and then there was the penis at the very end. Yes. Yeah, which if you blink, you miss it. But mm. thankfully, we all had our eyes glued to that screen. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it. The plot of Big Joe. It's like, oh my god, all these buildings are exploding. Oh, there's a, there's a dick. Okay, yeah. well, oh, it's thanks, gone. Tyler. Great. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that they caught sort of um, almost wanders. I guess by by splicing in these one frame mm. images yeah. of Tyler Durden, mm. uh, and, and, and they were all like before... really little, like in the corner as well. Like, yeah. yeah, I think that's before he's actually yeah. introduced as yeah. well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's almost like he's coming. Yeah, and then you he's get that one closer. shot where um, Edward Norton's going one way on the travelator in the airport, and yes, and yeah. uh, Tyler Durden is on the other, and he's not flashing in now. He's very clearly there. Mm. He's like he's becoming corporeal almost. I it's almost that. like that's kind of him like seeping in the mm, bit by yeah. bit, and then he's then he's in. Like, well, like yeah, he's spliced into yeah. into a life. That's yeah. a yes, oh. Rihanna, you, you cracked it. That's we're, it. We're pretty good at this film review and business. <laughs> that's why we got you on. <laughs> I did also like the fact that Cruella Deville looked. Sorry, Helena Bonham Carter <laughs> looked. <laughs> that's the point I was trying to make. When she first turns up, she looks like Cruella Deville, yeah. and part of me just got a little chuckle out of that, yeah. like kind of like a, a, the adult version of Cruella Deville. Yeah, um, yeah, and also just the complete lack of respect for traffic in this film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just massively. people walking out in front of it. He keeps yeah. shouting yeah. at the cars to shut up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just like nobody respects the roads in this one. No. It was absolutely. But yeah. I feel like that's more realistic because. Frequently in films, you see people just cross the road without looking. And that's because obviously they've stopped the traffic, like, yeah. in production. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that was a good, like, you know, actually, if you go out on the road, you can actually get killed. Yeah. So, I think that's that's a good, that's a win for... Mm. That's a win. That's yeah. a win. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, I suppose that in, in that case it is. Um, so, a couple of the uh, trivia notes, which mm. uh, I've enjoyed uh, going through. Uh, this one, uh, the author, because originally it was a book... Uh, really? Fight Club, yeah. Oh, right. It was adapted from a book by someone called Chuck Palahniuk, and I may have mispronounced that, so I'm I apologise. I apologise, Chuck. We're sorry, Chuck. Go First Chuck. came up with the idea for the novel when he was beaten up on a camping trip. Oh, Chuck. Yeah, he, he got beaten up by some nearby campers. Oh. Um, because Wait, did he, he enjoy it? He, well, let's find out. He, he complained about the noise of their radio, and when he returned to work, he was fascinated that nobody would mention or acknowledge the injuries he had. Um... They basically just asked how his weekend was. They oh. didn't bring up the fact, like, you've got a black eye. So he concluded that the reason people reacted this way was because if they asked him what happened, a degree of personal interaction would be necessary, and his workmates simply didn't care enough Aww. to connect with him on that level. I feel sorry for Chuck. True, but from that, he he became fascinated with the idea of social blocking, which is sort of the foundation yeah. of the novel. You look how many of his people in the workplace of the narrator mm. just look the other way when he's turning up like increasingly yeah. bloodied yeah. like in the urinal where he has like a black eye and the guy mm. turns to him and he's like nope yeah he's walking down the stairs with his stuff people are just kind of ushering yeah, yeah. out the way yeah. the only time they really take notice is when he's literally got blood pouring from his face and he's being escorted out by security and even then they're not they're trying not to look yeah <laughs> it's it is interesting um and i i think yeah, but the Chuck. Um, again, I apologise for not getting the last name right. Um, Chuck obviously got to see the film um, and said that he felt the film did a better job than his novel, Aww. which is high nice. praise indeed. It is, yeah. So I think they really did tap into to something um, that that sort of feeling, that sort mm. of society's not all that wonderful type thing, which is something that's appeared in lots of literature previously. Yeah, it's and, always popping and, up. 
continues to this day with things like um i suppose like black mirror and mm. uh, uh programs yeah. of that nature it's that was very black mirror mm. yeah yeah um i also really like the fact the short scene where brad pitt and edward norton are drunk and hitting golf balls they were actually drunk that's they, amazing they actually got drunk and started hitting the golf balls against the cars see that's them bonding mm. and being you know in sync with each Film other life yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they really did they did bond uh the reason they hit a um the the beetle there was a beetle car that they hit with the baseball bats, oh yeah it's because they both hated the new version of the beetle <gasps> ah. and it was actually um partly because of um again feeding into that uh ooh, capitalism not great thing mm. Um, so, uh, Norton explained in the DVD commentary, he hates the car because the Beetle was one of the primary symbols of the 1960s youth culture and freedom. However, the youth of the 60s have become the corporate bosses of the, of the 90s and repackaged <laughs> that symbol yeah. and sold it to the next generation as though it didn't mean anything. And they discussed this on set. So that's why when they were, they, they asked, uh, Pitt and, um, Norton to get a Beetle so they yeah. could attack it that's with amazing. the bats. And like, I, I think it's great that these at least these two lead performers were so engaged with what fincher and the the original yeah. author was trying to do yeah and i think i think it really feeds into those performances oh definitely you can you can see it shining through and yeah. that's yeah, probably why bond, yeah. yeah it is so such a great movie because of those performances and everything's just so involved and i don't think there was any scene or shot that hadn't been thought about like you know you see some movies hmm. and you're like ah, i could have done without that scene <laughs> yeah i think this one was very thought out well put together hmm. and just top notch hmm. they did have a few issues putting the oh, film right. together as you can imagine <laughs> no i mean that, that, i think that's correct i mean they did shoot a lot of footage so i think they've really sifted through and yeah. made the best possible film um but this was produced by 20th century fox uh rupert murdoch was not a fan of the film uh not a fan of the project at all didn't think he would be um and the obviously the film didn't initially have a lot of critical success so he did a lot of well i told you so yeah <laughs> um and then obviously it's gone on and done quite well later on but yeah he was definitely not a fan of it while it was in production and mm. tried to get it pulled multiple times well, it was, it's a bit of an f you to him really yeah i mean <laughs> look if, if you were someone who who was rupert murdoch essentially yeah. and we're living in that you're not going to look at any point of this film and go gee this really reflects my worldview <laughs> um yeah and my favorite thing is is there is actually a cameo kind of by leonardo dicaprio really mm the this is what my favorite fact about a film i found <laughs> since doing this podcast the visible breath in the cave scene is recycled leonardo dicaprio breath <gasps> from titanic oh my god that they composited into the shot so that is actually leo's that's breath. ridiculous yeah. does he know has he consented oh, oh, i presume <laughs> Why is the I don't I know maybe I don't they know. just they they looked at that shot and they mm. thought that is some good breathing mm. right there. I mean, like all oh, we ex like exhausted we, our special effects budget, do, so yeah. we're gonna have to. And take like the actual away. actors can't do that that well, so <laughs> Leo, in you come. Well, they were gonna have to uh, put in some some fake uh, digitized breath anyway, so yeah. why not just take it from uh, the, the film that was a massive hit two years previously? Yeah, yeah. and the, with, in a very cold situation. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah you've got it on file. Um, yeah. Might as might as well use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, one of the other production things, uh, the pillow talk scene um with um it's a very short like five second scene mm. where basically after they've had sex Helena Bonham Carter lies down and says 
I haven't been effed like that since grade school. Yeah. Now, the reason that line got in the film is because um, originally she said something that was it was pretty abhorrent. And I'm, I'm going to w- just warn ahead. I'm going to okay. quote it here. Okay. It's not pleasant. So what originally in the script, she said, quote, I want to have your abortion, end quote. Oh. Mm. Uh, when this was objected to by the uh, president of production, Laura Ziskin, David Fincher said he would change it on the proviso that the new line couldn't be cut. Ziskin agreed and then put in the line, I haven't been effed like that since grade school. Ziskin was even more outraged and tried to get the original abortion <gasps> line put back in, but Fincher refused because the deal was that they couldn't remove it. Oh my god! Mm. I feel like the the first one definitely is a lot worse, though. I think so too. Yeah. When I, yeah. When I was reading that, and then when I obviously saw it in the context of the film, I yeah. was like, "Well, I mean, okay, they're both horrible." Yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 first one that got cut, I think um, Laura Ziskin was maybe <laughs> mm. <laughs> maybe on the money there, maybe doing a good thing. But yeah, and I think, I think like the the way that grime and grit and those sort of horrible like oh things that like revile us socially is really interesting when. Um, Lou, the guy that owns the bar they've been oh, fighting yeah. originally, uh, he he starts beating the crap out of Tyler Durden. Yeah. And then Tyler just, like, spits all his blood back on the guy's face. Yeah. Like, that made me kind of go, oh, God. Um, but it was really effective. Yeah. And I think there was lots of use of that, we've said, with the fat dripping that happened. Um, when uh, Jared Leto get, becomes the elephant man, basically, by, yeah. by how badly yeah, he was, was beaten. That was sad, because yeah. he was very attractive in that film. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was very... well, don't worry, he still yeah. is. Yeah, it was and, and... It was just prosthetics, Aaron. It's yeah. it's okay. He's fine. Jared Leto was, was okay. He went to... No Jared Leto's were yeah. hurt he, in the yeah. making of this. <laughs> yeah, he got into 30 seconds uh, to months after this, so it was all I don't good. think I've actually seen him in another film, to be honest, so... Yeah. He's been in some like quite recently. The Suicide Squad. Mm. I haven't seen that. Dallas <laughs> Buyers Club. He's great in that. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, ultimately, um, was there something from this film uh, that stood out for you as being like, this is this is such a good moment. This is the standout moment of the film, Rihanna. Oh, God. Well, that's a bit too much pressure for me. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think probably when... Um, they're first kind of fighting in the like the parking lot mm. and they're just kind of like um f- like i don't know i'm not really a violent person so seeing anyone get punched is like quite oh oh that's a bit mm. of a shock but then i know the whole movie is based around that mm. um but on like a less serious thing i would like to know how many cigarettes were thrown at the ground in <laughs> thrown this movie dramatically. yeah, yeah. cuz that that for me is more potent <laughs> yeah. some of them weren't stamped on like they some weren't of them were just, there was just yeah. fire hazards there was, there was waiting just to a lot happen. of very... I wonder that that apartment exploded like yeah <laughs> a lot of very flamboyant cigarettes on the ground they were also just like oh you know what oh i've made my point now i'm going to throw it down yeah, uh, that was wonderful. And with with that opening uh, fight scene, I guess in the yeah. in the car park, um, when Edward Norton hits Brad Pitt, he he actually hits him, and Brad Pitt didn't know he was going to hit him. Really? Because it looked like such a in bad. It, well, I yeah. suppose he did yeah, hit him in the ear. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, David Fincher had said to Brad Pitt, "No, nah, no, nah, we're going to fake it. It's fine." And then he said to Edward Norton, "Just hit him for real." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so no wonder he chose the ear. Yeah, and so that's Brad Pitt's actual reaction, going, <laughs> "You know, why'd you hit me in the ear?" You know? <laughs> Um, Aaron, was there a moment from this film that, that stood out for you or or just a general something that made you go, wow? I think also like Rihanna, that sort of that sort of scene where they first sort of start fighting 
and just they're sort of bonding together. Like they they're 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 a really good match for people that are mm. very different. They're like best for I feel like that's best friend goals. Mm. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And even um the scene where he um says, you know, just uh, why don't you just ask me? Like, you know, you want to stay at my house because you don't have yours. Like, just just ask me. Like, why can't you ask me? I feel like that happens a lot. Mm. Like, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, you're the, just the too fact... too scared to ask. Yeah, and the fact that he he called him up, so we'd already assumed that he'd ask him, but he just said, "Oh, like, you want to go for a drink or something? Yeah. Mm. I'll put it off." Oh well, yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna have to get a, t- a cab. Oh, <laughs> stay at a hotel. Stay at a hotel. <laughs> it's pretty late. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, that is that is friends' goals. I, that was real. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed the dialogue. Uh, quite I, I, specifically the narration that um, the narrator character uses when reflecting about himself. Just just the line with when his apartment's exploded and it's like, what an embarrassment! All the condiments and no food. Yeah. Like just <laughs> little things like that. It was it was. I mean, it is quite a funny film. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it could just be because the humor is sparse and it offsets scenes of like uh social degradation and horrific violence um, <laughs> but it's it is still funny yeah you know the fact that they call um meatloaf's character uh, bitch tits at one point <laughs> made, <laughs> made me, it made me giggle a bit just because that's a funny that's two yeah. funny words put yeah. together um yeah. was there anything that we didn't really like i suppose anything that stood out as going that that's not for me uh aaron um oh I think there are times when they're sort of punching each other's lights out that I was like, oh, this is this is difficult to watch. I suppose that's the point. Um, but yeah, no, there was just there was a bit of gore that I was like, wow, that's not it's not for me. Mm. But that's all really. I think yeah. I think there were there's not really a thing that I didn't like, but I'm a bit of a wuss with just feeling uncomfortable. And as I mentioned at the start the movie does just make me feel a bit uncomfortable because they're in this grimy house, their mm. life's not together at all. Mm. And, like, I know that the ulterior is this mundane Ikea furniture, but I quite like Ikea. Yeah, furniture. You know, yeah. get a different hobby, maybe. <laughs> I mean, great that you found one and you're punching each other, but you're letting it affect your job mm. and your normal life. Yeah. And that, that, to me, is just chaos. I'm mm. not, not for the chaos. I feel like this film, I don't know whether this is true <laughs> or not, but it's almost like a like a midlife crisis or like, you know, mid-twenties crisis yeah. <laughs> type thing. And and it's almost like a coming-of-age film about being an adult in the sense that you sort of got the job and, like, you know, got a car and you're living a yeah. life, but it's... It's like you, a step plan. It's like, what's the next step? Yeah, but you're not yeah. living it. You're just, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about this film. Like, it's a midlife crisis coming yeah. of age film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because it makes you... This film makes you feel quite bad in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, is quite liberating and um, just just a real, real uh, enjoyable ride, but not in the traditional sense of an enjoyable film. Like, it, it surprises. I don't know uh, how it would hold up over, like, repeated viewings. But it is a surprising film, and there's so many little moments that just come to mind, like when um, the 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 people in the Fight Club get told to go out and pick a fight, and that guy's just spraying people yeah. with the hose oh, as they yeah, walk yeah. past. Um, and yeah, Meatloaf's character <laughs> is just like trying to chase people in the middle of a business <laughs> plaza, and like yeah, like there's just little things like that that pop back, and you're like, oh, that was quite good. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the the gore was a bit much. Like when Edward Norton's getting his head slammed into the ground in one of his early fights. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was yeah. that was very rough and confrontational. You yeah. You were looking at that going <gasps> like, Yes. Ooh. Trauma. 
let's try and score this film. Uh, Ooh. We generally do scores out of 10. Okay. Um, and we also acknowledge before we do the scores that numbers are subjective and this is art and it doesn't <laughs> necessarily reflect its worth as a piece of art. It's just a fun thing to do with numbers. Fair so, enough. scoring this film out of 10, Rihanna Hall, what would be what would be your score? You know what? I'm feeling generous. <laughs> I'd give it a good nine and a half. That is I, generous. I do remember thinking when I was watching it just then that I haven't seen a, like a good film like this in a while where I haven't you know, gotten a bit bored or thought, what am I eating for dinner? <laughs> Which is, I think about a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with that nine and a half. I think it did top job. Nice. Uh, Aaron, your score? I would give it a nine. I was thinking about nine and a half. Oh, stingy. I would give it a nine just because I feel like, you know, one point is a good thing to strive for, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm more on the rewarding basis. Like, you're almost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I think it was, it was, a, it was a really good film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for my own score, I would probably... I'm probably going to go... It was really good, and I did enjoy it. It does make me feel a little bad, though. Um, and so it it's not a 10 out of 10. I, I, I would give it... 9.25. I'm not, I'm not breaking it down that much. Uh, I am going to give it 9 recycled human bars of soap out of 10. Nice. Would, would be my score. Um good. But yes, so uh, thank you very much, Rihanna and Aaron. Thank you. For thank you for inviting us. us. No, it was lovely. And of course, uh, thank you to those of you at home. Thanks, who, guys. Who chose Fight Club? Uh, I think we can all agree you have excellent taste in movies. Yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, thanks do. for letting us watch a good movie, really. Mm. So... Um, Obviously, stay tuned to our various uh, social media pipes. Uh, we'll be putting up a, another uh, audience choice film for you all to select uh, in the near future. So uh, make sure you leave some good suggestions and we can all vote and hopefully have another thrilling time. Uh, and of course, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club uh, and you can leave us messages there. Please uh, make sure to review us, uh, whether you're listening to us via iTunes or SoundCloud. And uh, subscribe, share, tell your friends and just generally... Have a good time with it, because um, we're certainly enjoying bringing them to you. Uh, but that's all, so until next time, bye-bye. Bye. bye. This is... this was Robert Paulson. That was creepy. That was very culty. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was pretty that was pretty disturbing. Hmm. I I yeah. I have actually just hit record again because I wanted to catch that. Part. Oh uh, no! So go again. I can do it no, again. It's a, no, it's yeah, okay. I probably won't use it. Just when they started doing the Rob Paulson, uh, is that his name? No, that's that's the voice of Yakko from the Animaniacs. <laughs> no, um, Robert Paulson. Rob. That's... I think it was once, no? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's the name. That's the, yeah. that's the yeah, name yeah. of the guy who did the voice of Yakko in the Animaniacs. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm really glad they didn't shoot out the back of his head because <laughs> the man is a treasure. Um, Aww. Yeah, but the thing I really enjoyed um, was when they're in the, um, the he's he's uh, the narrators with Marla in the um, in the cafe, and all the wait staff are Fight Club yeah, people. Yeah, they're all onto Everybody it. They're just like meals. Was free, part of the free boss. <laughs> Yeah, everywhere he stepped, he went out on the street, and they're he like, was like the boss? Messiah. Yeah, mm. even he even got into the police force. <laughs> he had little rats in there as well. Nobody stood a chance. No. <laughs> Not even him. He was his own worst enemy in the end. I think that's the point of the movie, though. <laughs> <laughs>